We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Podcast. I'm Alex Hurst, joined on the line by Andrew Bolland and Simon Campbell. Si was at the game with me last night. Bolland watched it live on national television. Lads, we've um, we've beaten Villa. I was I was just thinking last night, just sat there to myself, out of breath and sweating, after breaking the one hundred <laughs> meter sprint record to try and get the flag back from the east stand. Um, I was just thinking, please, please, please let us beat them, please, and we did. So so that was mint. Um, we now have double Aston Villa's points, um, which is also mint. Um, Bolland, I'll, I'll, oh no, I'll, I'll, I was going to start with you, but um, I should talk more about the flags first. Bolland, how, how were the flags for, on, on telly? Did it look good? Did Sky give it much of a showing? Yeah, it looked great. Um, it wasn't massive amount of showing, but like, the old clip they showed, it did look pretty impressive. Like, I don't think you'll see a better display than that in English football this year. Like, especially with the massive surface flag, it just looked in the air. Like, um, <laughs> So envious of you both for being there. Um, yeah, just looks phenomenal. Right. Is, is the surface flag going to make a regular appearance? Yes. Yeah, I think it's going to be out again on Saturday. Um, you say I don't know. Sorry, like, did, did you enjoy? I don't know if I enjoyed it because because it's like when you're in the middle of it and it's so stressful trying to get it sorted and. I don't know. What, what, did you enjoy it, Sai? Did you take anything from it as, well, as an organiser? It was, it, was, it was very stressful and also I'm very unfit to chasing the flag up and down the flight of stairs. It wasn't ideal, but um, when me and um, the lad from War Yem, Tom, uh, were, were chasing it to get it down at the other side, because it was meant to go across the Gallagher and come down in the, um, in the uh, southwest corner, and then that, that was maybe it. But no, no. <laughs> the whole crowd just pulled the flag back the other way, and it just went off on one. It was travelling at record speed. Yeah. As we chased it right. I tell, you, I tell you what, I did notice the flag looked really good when it was going across the gaffer gate. Once it got to the corner, it was all right, and then it sort of rotated. Nice and straight. Didn't look quite like, good. But, but after a minute, I was, I was crying with laughter because it was just so funny. It was like, just let it go, let it go. I wasn't <laughs> crying. Steve, I've had visions of Steve's story, like driving at my house in the middle of the night and like just burning it down on the inside because <laughs> like like unlike everyone else it's it's me I, I speak to the club on behalf of Gallagher Flags hopefully that'll change won't just be me but like it was very strict instructions <laughs> it's going to go across once it's going to come down it's not going to cover any walkways um, so when it went across once we're like fucking hell get in this has gone so well I, I ran up to the top the other side of the Gallagher started to pull it in and it went back, and it wasn't panic stations yet. Like I, I ran down the stairs to keep up with it, met you, Sai, and we weren't panicking. And then it, it was like, all right, it's going in the corner. That's all right. And then like the first corner went into the east stand, and I could see the people in the east stand pulling it, and it was like, oh shit, here we go. If, if we do, indicates to me that you were panicking. I was panicking. Like it, if it had gone, if if we if we'd lost it to the east stand because the flag can move faster than any human. We found that out last night. Um, if it if it had gone to the east stand, it would have still been going around after half an hour because it would have been so hard to get it off people. And I've just had visions of it like going across the dugout and like Rafa having to pull it down 
to get it in and like Charlie at the top of the director's box pushing it down and then we would have had to like go around the park I'm just so pleased we got it back but it, um, it's it's really nice that we've had so many good comments we've got loads of pictures when we first put the design of the flag out we got a quite a few snidey comments people saying it was well I'll not repeat, repeat what they said but I thought the design was absolutely class it, it looked brilliant um, when it was going round particularly the first time and it, and it I don't know. I think the white background was really good, and it was uh, the white background at night. Um, it came out really well. But yeah, um, I did. I was loving him because he was basically risking his life by. And it was just like it was proper. Like we were like fucking stop moving it, give it a success. And um, thanks to everybody who's left nice comments. And the club were really really pleased. Ant and Deck were buzzing. Um, it's, it's for this touch it if. But um, no, and. Uh, the new anyway. Name, name, name one more naughty celebrity. One more. Well, I think. Uh, well, I, I, I was going to leave this one to Bolland because he's got he's got inside contacts. But Mike Neville's got to be down the line soon. <laughs> he's got to come on. <laughs> Bit of an in joke there. Sorry, listeners. Um, right. Enough about flags. Um, the match. The match. Um, first of all, how how good Bolland? Did you pick up on the TV what happened with Lansbury? Did you pick? You could definitely hear the people booing him and just kicking off of him all the time. It mustn't have come across on um, on TV. Basically, Bolland, what happened was, obviously we scored the own goal. Me and Ben thought it was Neil Taylor who'd scored. I mean, when a, when a player scores an own goal against you, you're not particularly arsed, are you? You know, we're absolutely buzzing fucking 2-0 against them pricks. And... Um, the commentator left it, the announcer left it a couple of minutes, probably. He probably had to get, like you know, um, word from the club that he was allowed to do it. He just went, goal scorer for Newcastle United, an own goal by number five. And there's, it's when he said number five, the whole stadium just went, get in! Like, it was like a goal. We jumped up. It was unbelievable. It was one of me, one of me top five moments ever in St. James's Park. That um, that goal being announced, absolutely class. And it was just in keeping with it. I thought we we weren't nasty enough to or about about Villa last night. I know there's loads of people who say, "Oh, it's just Aston Villa." We don't care, champion. I'm I'm pleased for you. You you must have very boring lives. Um, I I hate them. I suppose that's not not news to anybody. But it, Lansbury got a lot of stick last night, and he was rubbish, which was great. He is rubbish, but um. For him to score an own goal like that, like when Steve Bruce made a massive deal before the game, saying Henry just needs to enjoy the atmosphere, enjoy the hatred, like feed off it. It's like oh, he did more than that, Steve. He stuck one in the net. Thanks very much. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely brilliant contribution from your Hensby, like Hen- Hensby, <laughs> Henry. Um, like he he's given me this season two of me my favourite moments of the season was that second pen save of Dollars was Lansbury, and then. Uh, then last night, so so thank you very very much. You are an absolute legend, Henry, and uh, you will probably never play you again because obviously we're a much bigger and better club. But it was absolutely brilliant, um, lads. Sai, did you enjoy? Did you enjoy it against them as much as I did? Do you think, or you're not asked that about them? Oh no, I very much enjoyed getting one up on them. I, I mean, I, I didn't enjoy the match. The match was awful. <laughs> it really was just a rubbish game. But um, yeah, of course. I mean, the, the end result of beating Villa and just. Beating such a bad fellow, they, they were just crap. Just, just seeing how rubbish they've, be, they've become, like, become. They were terrible last year as well, but seeing that they've made no progress whatsoever, I, I took, I took particular pride in it. In, in spite of the fact that it was a turd, turd game of football on a tiring Monday night. The funniest thing is that the Ravilla fans saying that's their best performance under Bruce. <laughs> 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 oh, lads. Um, ben, Steve Bruce, you know. He's made a big deal about there being nothing between the teams, even though we we'll have doubled their points. Um, would Would you agree with them, or would you think no? Nah, they, they, they give it. I think you. I don't know if it was you or Ben, you or Sai, um, saying first yeah, half. Either me or Ben, probably. I. You, you and first half, you could tell Villa put all into it. They, they put everything in, and I don't think they tested Dolo once. Um, yeah. Do you, do you do would you agree with him, or do you think no? Nah, it was dead comfortable. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, yeah, I, I thought it was comfortable, I mean, without us particularly getting out, I mean, we didn't really get get out of sort of third, second or third gear, really, I mean, I thought we were, um, I mean, we were pretty ordinary at times, to be honest, but it was more than enough for them, I mean, as you say, they, 
they've not really created any real opportunities. I mean, um, I, I thought tactically Bruce was absolutely shocking. They're, I mean, they, they obviously they were. I think Sai made the point they were pushing up high, and he was sort of pretty confident at half time that would would score because uh, again because. Um, just, just there was no way they were going to be able to keep it up. I mean, you look at their team; they're, they're just really, really average. I mean, the midfield just very lightweight and just no real quality in there. Um, I mean, Kodja sort of was the only real player really that looked looks like sort of causing any issues. He got he was playing on the left wing without a left foot, trying to cut on his left left foot every time. So, um, I, I just think Bruce is out of his depth. Like, they just they just did they didn't have an answer for anything. They were, they were they basically came in and spoil the game, and then once we'd scored, it was like, oh no, nah. um, right, um, just just try and try and keep it respectable, lads. They literally, I mean, there was times in the second half we literally were just passing the ball. I mean, the, the fans were obviously cheering, like sort of taking the mic, and it, it's just it, I've never seen like a game like that <laughs> sort of. Where it was just so easy, like they, they, they just looked so out of place. None of the players knew where to be. Um, I mean, it wasn't until he, he took um, he took uh, Yednak off and brought on Adama. So they literally, they they I think you said it. They were going for it. They, they just put on another striker on the pitch. Um, but it didn't really add really, didn't really add anything to to um, to the game plan. They, they just had, had absolutely no ideas. I mean, Lansbury, so, so called creative. Sort of playmaker or whatever. He's just he, he was his passing was awful. Playing yeah. I mean, balls out of play left, right, and centre. I was going to say, how many times did you see a Villa player uh, like just pass the ball out of play? Like, yeah. I think Neil Taylor summed it up the, the best way. He beat about all play, cut back, and then just pass it about ten yards behind Codger for a throw in, <laughs> and, and then had to run back into like the left back position, where Richie left end. They've, they've literally just they've, they've, they've sort of I think playing championship sort of level players just to get with through and they thought alright that's what we need to do so they're just average players like I, I don't know I, I think they've got real real problems their the defence the midfield's like one of the poorest midfields I've seen in the league and it's that they've spent all the money on just get absolutely no service I think um, I, I think they could go down I know they probably only need three wins to, to stop up you know or about that but Blackburn have sacked the manager today um, so there, there's that sound again. Um, Blackburn have sacked their manager today in a massive form. Villa have got like then some hard games. From your, you know, you, I think you just said off air. Well, we, like as Ben has described there, like in the second half, we just started taking the deck out of them. But the first half was abs- was absolutely dreadful. Like we didn't score, um, we had loads of possession, but we weren't really doing anything with it. Um, I disagree with Ben slightly. Like Villa had two really good chances and if they had any decent players then they probably would have scored but there was the I don't know I can't remember the name but the Icelandic lad of long yeah, Bjorn, Bjornsson he missed an absolute he did Actually, he, he did ball him two, but it was offside two, he missed two didn't he it was offside yeah, that first missed, one so it wasn't offside it wasn't offside it was offside I've seen it back it was offside 100% but, well anyway regardless like, he missed <laughs> that and then there was the lad who's, who's hit the crossbar as well uh, Darlow has made a save and it was dipping in Oh, yeah, um, chance though, is it? So which one was it? Some, 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 about halfway through the first half. It was. It was. Um, uh, no, no. Was that Kodja, wasn't it? The yeah, yeah. One, you're about. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think you're being yeah. you're being kind, calling. Not really co- chance. It was a, yeah. it was a, a cross that deflected on on the. Uh, they on the bottom. Well, Darlow knows that, doesn't he? That could have gone. Anyway, I'm going over. Rubbish man. Well, it definitely wasn't going over. Good Darlow. He played it safe. Just better than the lads. Uh, Bushman. Right, Bolland. You. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got man and very very nervous throughout and I thought when we were Olaying I was like it's the 60 second minute lads it's too early 
they, like, they'd have got back at 2-1, but Bollinger, I just you, you've come on the wrong the wrong podcast to start big enough Aston Villa's performance, <laughs> regardless no, no, if it's factually no, accurate or not. No, that's not what I'm saying. I just raised two occasions where they could have nicked the goal. And it would have been one no, it, is, it would have been a totally different game, wouldn't it? Rubbish, man. Of course it wouldn't. I think I think God, um, if there is a God, whichever one you want to believe in, wouldn't have let them score last night because it was our night, and uh, they got what they deserved, which is which is basically nothing. We now have double their points total, double. I took the morning off work to rile some Villa fans this morning, which went really well. <laughs> um, I didn't really, um, but yeah, they were totally rattled. You know, they go on about trophies and. You know, one Villa fan said the reason we only bought like half an allocation despite £17 tickets was because uh, we don't care about you. And it's like, that's canny fucking uh, commitment to not go to a game because you don't care about someone would almost suggest that you do care about them, but never mind him. You know, uh, the thing that was interesting about that is that I don't know if you've managed to record the game and watch it back, but had Steve Clark on as one of the pundits. Right. He was assistant manager there at the start of the season with DiMatteo. And like even the way he was talking about them, like he was wasn't even denying like those players are were rubbish. <laughs> not to really care. They've got a proper losing mentality that they just can't get out of the club. And um, I, I, if I was a Villa fan, I'd genuinely be terrified that they're gonna they're gonna get relegated. Oh. Like, <laughs> I'd love. I just it would make it would make me sort of if Sunderland and Villa go down this season and we go up, I'm done with football. Like it's. After after Lansbury last night and then that happening, it it couldn't get any better. Um, I, they, didn't, I didn't realize it sounded about twenty two players as well. Yeah, all rubbish as well, all of them. It's well, like I feel it felt that Jamie Scott was in the name. Yeah, can someone cut him off for these bloody? I know. Pro Aston Villa views. <laughs> He's taken the devil's coin by signing for that football club, Bolland. He gets, he's got what he deserved. <laughs> Loads of people clapping. Dad's what? Dodgy gave him a two-finger. Did of course I did. I give a fuck. About, like anyway, everyone. Um, let's talk. Let, let's talk football. Let's talk football. I'm just so happy. Absolutely brilliant. But um, like Rotherham, um, like QPR. Where we were proper dog shit in the first half. Um, should we be worried by this? Is this something that Rafa needs to sort out, or, or, or is it kind of like, well, they know what they're doing? Uh, I don't think. I don't think we're playing particularly badly. The first half, which is exactly what they did. I mean, I, I know they made some some brilliant tactical decisions, but they did the other game. There's no way they'll be able to keep this up. Even if it's 0 nil by 60 minutes, what score? You just have to look at whether the, the shite, the shitstorm they were putting up. They weren't doing anything. They weren't having, I mean, I don't know if you've said that a couple of half chances, but realistically, they weren't doing anything. Um, and I think that's what we, the, the, the players need to just kind of be patient. And while the crowd might also get a bit frustrated at 0 nils half time, when, when the team's doing that, just running themselves ragged while actually doing nothing to threaten it. Just let them. Just let them get the 60 minutes and nag themselves out. That's what we've got to learn to do. Accept 0-0 by 60 minutes and then, then punish them. I think also in that situation, we could have afforded maybe not starting the game with Gale and then bringing them on at the end because I'm worried that, that he's that he's going to be dead in now. Um, you want a couple of impact players. I thought Diame as well, kind of, in the first half, you couldn't get near the ball because they were just trying so hard to to stifle us, but in the second half, when they were just nagged, he had so much space. And as Ben said before, like when we were passing it around, they just, just stopped running because they were just fucked. I think that's all it is. These teams are coming to St James's and trying to trying to shut us down and press. And, and the, the ones before them, the Chef Weds and the, uh, the Huddersfields, maybe just had a bit more heart than Villa, which isn't surprising. <laughs> um... I, I think I think just on that, it's it's the way. I mean, the way we play, we we play the tight teams out. Yeah. Sort of, it's been mentioned a few times. Domex every time he gets the ball, he, he forces them to chase him down, and then he just gives the ball back. So it's literally like a wasted. You're wasting your time closing him down because he's not going to do anything on the ball. Yet every team falls for it. I mean, that Bjornus in the Icelandic lad was literally straight on at Domex every time. You're going to do that for an hour, as you say. You're just wasting energy. 
I think they were really, really poor in, in, in terms of, well, not poor, but I mean, they had to do it, but just they weren't really efficient with, with their energy. I mean, as, as you say, they were they were just sprinting around the pitch for the first half um, and, and just and there's no way they're going to keep that up. And, and you've got to be clever about who you're closing down. I mean, the, the likes of Shelby, who he, he does drop deep, but if you if you give him literally a couple of seconds, he, he just whips the ball behind you. I mean, Yedlin, the ball's to Yedlin. Um, some of the balls to him were absolutely brilliant. Just and, and he's got acres of space, and it's forcing their whole team have to cover across the pitch. Like it, it's just nattering. Um So I think I, I just think it's it's a tactic that we've an advantage that we've got a ball player like Shelby that can um, sort of just pick teams off when when they do try and play like that. Um, and, and and I think to be honest, it'd be it'd be a lot better with with two ball playing centre backs. But that's something for another another day. How how much of a thing uh, a Miss Gale will Gale be Bolland? Um, a, a weird comment by Rafa, who said that um, there were I don't know whether he said they were concerned, but he said because of the the birth of his child, Dwight Gale. Uh, congratulations, Dwight. Um, he hadn't he hadn't trained for three days. Oh, that's a bad pen by Falco. Um, he hadn't trained for three days, so. Do you, I mean, do you, do, you, do, you, do you touch much to that? Do you think that was possibly, again, a bad decision to start him with that in, in mind? And how much of a miss is he going to be, Bolland? He's going to be massive over the next four games. We've got Cullen, so obviously Bristol, we should probably be all right without him. But Huddersfield, Brighton and uh, Reading, uh, you obviously want him in the side, wouldn't you? And I think uh, Richie's touched on it with a good interview at the end of the game last night. We haven't played well in a quite a while and having someone like Dwight Gale on the side who's just going to get you a goal even when you're not playing well is invaluable and I thought Mitrovic did okay when he came on I don't quite see where the Mitrovic played fantastic power has come from <laughs> on social media he did okay he didn't look like he was ever going to threaten the goal yeah. uh, which is which is a bit worrying but um, especially against guys like Brighton it's not going to be anywhere near as easy as it was against Aston the uh, Rotherham and the such. So obviously, yeah, he's massive miss, and I don't think I probably wouldn't have played him. If he, I mean, if he's not been getting the bed on time, huh? he, he shouldn't be playing. I don't think anyone's uh, a good night's sleep. You might even get some kip through the day, and who knows the time that these lads have so. got. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Yeah, just to pick up on Mitrovic, Middle talk about him. I, I agree. He's fantastic. He changed the game like fucking hell, lads. If that's the if you can see how moments by him is worthy of like praise, I'll praise him now. And played for the, he, he closed down, he, which is brilliant. He, he hasn't done. He made some good runs in behind, particularly second half. He he went for headers, which I know sounds obvious, but he he did won a few headers and flicked the ball on. So that was really positive. That's the bare minimum, by the way. That's the absolute bare minimum, but. Obviously, he needs to be a little bit more dangerous in front of goal. He didn't get loads of service last night, um, but you know, I just think it's you know the, the the Metro fan club are kind of looking for and and it's like listen, I'm pleased as a Metro fan club. It's it's nice support of a player, even if it does lead to some bizarre comments and you know misinformation thrown about. But I'm much happier with him having seen him play last night than if we'd been sat here and Dwight Gale had played the full game. That gives me a lot more confidence in him for these games coming up. Everyone said good and he scores all these goals for Serbia and he's this and that. Well, great, because now, again, credit to him, he's clearly displaced Murphy, which is, he must have done something right. Murphy's only had one bad half against Cube. Some things right, which I've just described, which he wasn't doing previously. He deserves credit for it. Roundedly under Rafa, so well done, Mitrovic. You are a £30 million striker. You expect it from you. And go, and, go and score some goals. Go and lead the line at, um, on Saturday. What a chance he's got now. Four or five starting positions. Uh, to go to go and change the narrative about his performance this season. So hopefully he he he, he presses off. Ben is Lascelles took took criticism after after Norwich and we talked about his lack of consistency. Very good again last night. Do you want to drop with him or do you think you need bad on Saturday? You can't. Um, I'll just I'll just say one thing. You can't describe any defender as having a good game against that shite competition <laughs> last night. Like it was piss easy. <laughs> All right, I take I take it back. Right. So so in in um, complete objection to that, I thought he was brilliant. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sides sort of make make this point, and there were there were a couple of 
couple of came last night. Um, what was that noise? Doesn't matter. Never mind. <laughs> a couple of times where where there, there was balls played in behind where they looked a bit short. I don't know. I just think it's the the type of defender he is. Um, I, I think he, he will give strikers a chance in them. And I mean, obviously we got burnt a little bit at Norwich um, through some of those deficiencies. But at the same time, I, I think he he's, he's, he's his career played a handful of games. Obviously, it's his first full season in the team. Um, he's, he, he, did, he has improved from from a couple of games ago. I think he did go through about a poor patch where he, he obviously got dropped. Um, but I don't know, if it's a funny one. Part of us still thinks that Bemba's got a big role to play. And I think going forward, I still think I would like to see... I think Clark and Bemba will, will probably get more game time in the Premier League next season. Um, and it, it's just it's a bit of a surprise that Bemba's fallen so far out of the planets, considering I think he's, he's, he's got a really high ceiling in terms of what, what level he could get to. But um, obviously, he's as as rough as captain. He's obviously doing everything he... He's, he's, he's told to do for for the team, and and, and he's going solidly. So I think I, I don't see him getting. I don't think Rafael dropped him. I think he'll stick with him while he's, he's playing well. I think he, he obviously just maybe needed a kick up the backside. Um, sort of recently when he got dropped, but it's one of those. It's a tough one to say. I think he's he's got some good qualities in there, and, and he, he he's improving. Um, but I, I, for me, I still think Mbemba. I, I would probably rather see Mbemba in there. Fair enough. Um, Jack Callback Bollins, you you saw his performance on the telly. I thought he had a good game, second half especially. He he seemed to pick up a lot of criticism again on social media. Where where did you stand in his performance? Uh, I thought it was a much improved performance from the last few games he's played. Uh, he was actually passing the ball forwards. Now, that could be that because Villa offered absolutely nothing in the way of even trying to stop Jack, Jack Callback of all people. Um, yeah, I thought he played well. Uh, well, let's panic. He stopped doing as many of the top market spins as he normally does. Uh, hopefully, Rafa's encouraged him not to do anymore. And uh, I still, I still think him and Shelby are our best midfield partnership. I know Hayden. Oh, controversial. Well. Sorry. Controversial statement there. I was going to think the exact opposite. Like, but finish your point, Bolland. Well, I, I, I think. When Colbach's playing well, like he was at the start of the season, and he did last night, I think him and Shelby complement each other much better. Um, feel free to disagree, though, lads. Well, my point was going to be that I just don't think Colbach suits playing alongside John Joe Shelby. <laughs> Go on. They're too similar. When we bought Colbach, we bought him as a, as a ball player midfielder, a midfielder coming across the ball up into five. Well, we might have done that because he's pretty hard an idiot, though. He's never been a ball player midfielder. <laughs> no, I, but you know, I, I, I think that's harsh on him. He, he was, his first season, he got like eight assists and, and quite a few goals. Um, he, was, he was the player picking the ball up off the defence and, and you know, finding a way out of, out of our half with it. But um, when Shelby's on the, we've bought Shelby since, and Shelby's much, much better at that. So when they're both on the pitch at the same time, it's just we we find ourselves penned in our own half because they're both doing the same thing, going and collecting the ball deep, passing to each other like three and four yards apart, and it just it's 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 kind of frustrating to watch. We don't yeah. need that at home. At, um, at times as well, callbacks sort of like he, he he'll get the ball off off Shelby, give it straight back, and he won't make any movement. So he's literally, as you say, he's standing at three yards away from him, and if they're closing down Shelby, it, it's like it's just not an option on. He needs to do better in, in creating his own space, whereas I think Hayden's much more willing to, to sort of make a run in behind the defender or something and, and sort of create create a bit more space. But go on. I think um, I'm kind of in the middle. Um, so I think you called it last night in the first half. Callback had some like hilarious slide tackles where he took now the ball more man. Um, he just kind of <laughs> slid in, missed everyone. He can't, he, he can't tackle. I'm not defending him on that front. But I, I think um, I think I, I I think Colback has had a season where normally, or if we had more central midfielders, he would have he wouldn't have come back from the various injuries he's had as quickly. He's been really patchy for in, with injuries. I think if he plays five games in a row, I think he'd be a really good player. And I know that's unpopular, but I remember the player when we signed him for the first for that season under Pardew. You know when. 
when Pardew left ninth, playing in the Mourinho's TC got two. Midfielders of the play, you know, this kind of stop start in would be most people's choice for, for the partner of Shelby. Um, I would like to see him once he gets a few games under his belt. And I wish people would stop criticising at the matches, but that's not going to happen, is it? Um, Sai, if I come to you, are you still worried about the left side and would you play Atsu ahead of Gukfan? Even though he scored, he did fuck all else. Um, yeah. do, you like, do, do you think Atsu deserves a chance or do you think Gukfan is? Um, Gukfan didn't score. Um, Gukfan didn't score. Ben, I'll ask you about that. Do you think with Bristol being as bad as they are, one win in 17 league games, relegation threatened, probably the worst form side in the country, um, do you think the fact that Richie's on nine yellows and two games away, or one yellow away from a two-game ban, would you even see a, a role for maybe Atsu starting ahead of Richie just to protect him for these two games coming up? Or should Richie be like, how am You should be like, you're a right-winger, stop getting bookings for griefing the ref. Shelby's on um, eight, I think, and Richie's on nine. Yeah, so if I, I reckon probably two to two, two thirds of those, I reckon, are probably from just like shit, uh, kicking off at the referees and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so if they just cut that out, <laughs> they probably wouldn't. They, they, it's not like that either of them are flying in with bad tackles or anything. That they probably wouldn't get booked. So I think they've they've just got to take responsibility and just keep their the lip, um, keep their lip back for, for the refs and. As I say, in terms of, of, of sort of potentially dropping him out or protecting him, like what's what's the point? He's probably going to well, he will play against Brighton today or, or Huddersfield rather. Sorry, then then he might if he gets a yell against them, then he's going to miss the Brighton in, in Reading games anyway. I, I don't think you can approach it like that. Um, I, I would just leave him in, um, and and I think Atu obviously he's, he's got a good role coming off the bench. I, I like the impact he brings to it, and I think also. Gufran does complement um, them sort of fairly well in terms of protecting them. So I, I don't. I mean, it, yes, ideally in, a, in, a, in an ideal world you'd, you'd get more production out from your left side, but I don't see sort of who who that is on the left side that we've got that, that's going to negate the sort of the negative attacking impact of Paul Dummett. So um, I, I just think stick stick with it how it's going. Yes, things aren't brilliant, but. It, 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 we're still grinding out results we're not playing that badly at the minute we just need to make sure that obviously we're, we're, we're getting the goals in the team and I think other people are chipping in I mean Richie's been scoring Shelby's got a couple um, like Mitrovic 
throw the criticism he's got, or whatever. He's, he's going to score at some point. He's got to. Like <laughs> it was a bit. It was a bit in the other, last, last night that he, he just looked. He, he looks like really lacking any sort of goal scoring threat. He, I, I don't remember him even getting in it, like in, in towards a goal with any sort of chance of scoring. But hopefully, if, if, if he can get that opportunity against Bristol, it might give him a bit of confidence. I mean, he scored against Wolves. He was in the right at the right time for an off when when it could have maybe got a, a couple more to him, sort of confidence. But I mean, he wasn't doing the sort of same stupid uh, things things like through the penny shot with him. And, and and if he's sticking on the pitch, I mean, we've, we've got a really good midfield. They're going to create chances for him if he's in the right places. So I think he's just got to stay stay composed, stay um, sort of just just um, just sort of wait for the opportunity. Bolland's looking ahead to Bristol. Their best player, Abrams, bonus for us. Um, He's he's what he's got nineteen league goals. They're fourth bottom, so it's a huge blow. Can you see anything other Bolland with that in mind and in their poor form than a, a convincing Newcastle win on Saturday? Um, and you know, seventy two points with uh, what I think Brighton play Reading, so chance there for us to crack on. And Huddersfield have got Barnsley away. So do you see a really good day on Saturday for Newcastle, or is it going to be more complicated than that? Thanks so much. That'll, I think that'll do for tonight. Um, the, this is the only podcast this week. We'll have one out hopefully Saturday night against uh, Bristol Flags again on Saturday. Thanks to everyone who's donated uh, today. We've, we've probably brought in about 500 quid, which is really nice. Um, buy tickets for the quiz, please. Um, it was absolutely mint last time. Um, we also have a Facebook page now, TF NUFC Pod. Uh, I'll post a link on, on Twitter and on the... Um, description for this and SoundCloud and iTunes just means if you want to talk to about anything or talk about anything in, in depth because we know not everyone agrees with every, everything we say which is normal um, you know give her a shout on there thanks to everyone who's left re- positive reviews on iTunes really appreciate it there's absolutely loads coming recently and following this now is a chat with Magnus um, the editor of Magazine um, in Norway the Norway fan club's uh, Newcastle United Magazine and then following that is my chat with a Bristol uh, City fan. I nearly said Rovers, Christ. Um, that wouldn't have gone down well. Bristol City fan, um, that will end the show and we will be back for you, uh, what, Saturday night? If you if I can convince you lads to do it. It's always a, it's always a chore. <laughs> um, after the match, trying to get a podcast out. So it might be Sunday. Uh, and yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks to everybody who retweets the show as well. Uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you lads for your time as well. It's the True Faith Podcast. I'm Alex Hurst and I'm talking to you after Newcastle United's oh, frankly beautiful win over Aston Villa. Two goals to nil. We've got quite a, a large show for you tonight, as is the norm these days, because there's so much going on in Planet Newcastle United. Um, so, kicking things off, I've got Magnus uh, on the line. He's, he's been on the show a couple of times before. Um, so some of you might know him, uh, some of you won't. So Magnus, over to you. I'll, I'll let you introduce yourself to those who 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 haven't come across you before. Yeah, uh, my name is Magnus Muller. I'm from from Shane in Norway. I'm the editor of uh, Magsin, which is the Norwegian fanzine for Toon Army Norway, which is the Norwegian branch of uh, Newcastle United supporters. Very good. So, you know, I may, as, I may as well start with the obvious, Magnus. Um, you saw the game yesterday. How how how, how did how did you see it? Um, were you, were you impressed with the results, and were you worried? At, you know, when it was nil nil. Um. Actually, I think this is one of the first matches this season. I wasn't very worried. Uh, I've been a lot more worried. Uh, 
other matches uh, which we lost, like the Blackburn matches and Wolverhampton, I never really felt like we were going to lose this match. We weren't very good for the first 45 minutes, I thought, but neither was Willa. So I don't think Villa was close to creating anything that might endanger us. I just knew that when we get the first goal in this match, we were going to win it. Yeah, I think I think that's what we. I mean, that's just the same for Newcastle every game. If we score first, we win, and if we concede first, we lose. <laughs> no, normally, um, so you know, in terms of how the game went, you, you know, you say that you weren't very confident in Villa, and, and it wasn't particularly nerve wracking. Did you watch it on on UK TV, or was it was it broadcast on on kind of um, Norwegian TV? It was broadcast on, on Norwegian TV. I, I like to watch some matches on 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 the UK uh, basis but I was watching it like, with my six year old so it, it's easier for him to understand when it's in, in, in Norwegian commentary huh. uh, so how was uh, in terms of how, how did the Norwegian commentators see the game going Did you were, they, were you broadly agreeing with what they were saying yeah uh, they, uh, they tried to stay, they, they tried to stay as um, as neutral as possible and they are neutral but um, the Norwegian commentators are aware that Newcastle are vastly superior in this league, so it's like that in every match, I think, and I think it's uh, quite obvious to hear that um, they're stating there's a lot of difference between Newcastle and Aston Villa in, in terms of quality. Um, not all of it is true because, as we know, has spent a lot of money this season so you can't compare to say Newcastle's you know, bought the league or something like that um, which maybe sometimes Norwegian commentators uh, focus a bit too much on yeah very interesting um, I think I think uh, what, what I would be interested to know is how much the foreign-based fans like yourself and other fans around the world, and even the Norwegian TV, Magnus, picked up on our hatred of Lansbury. Was it something they were able to pick up? And did, is, is it? Do you guys were you guys laughing as much as we were when the when the, the announcement came on TV? The, the announcement. Oh, sorry, you probably saw it happen. Yeah. So, so in the ground, we like when you watched it live, we didn't know it was Lansbury who scored. Because it happened so fast, no one in the ground knew. Oh, okay. Knew. And then the, the, about three minutes later, the, they announced it. And goal scorer for Aston Villa, number five, or Funny Castle, own goal. And that's <laughs> that's one of my best moments ever in St James's Park because the, pl- the place just <laughs> okay. erupted. People who were outside the ground thought we scored again. They thought it had finished 3 0. <laughs> so I was just wondering whether, whether they picked up on that, but they mustn't have if no, you. That, if you... That, that didn't come across. Um, obviously, we saw it. As soon as it happened, it was a Lansbury own goal, um, so we didn't pick it up. Um, and you can't really hear the St James's crowd as much as you'd like. You can hear some of the songs, but you can't really get the, the atmosphere. Um, uh, so we, I don't, I can't recall the Norwegian media picking that one up. Oh, well. but, uh, <laughs> I'd love to hear that one. But <laughs> we absolutely loved watching Lansbury's goal, goal last night, and um, of course it was it was um, it was picked up uh, by the by the commentators uh, what happened in the, in the Forest game, but um, uh, we didn't get the full extent of it. Oh, fair enough. Um, moving on to the rest of the season, then. Like, I mean, I, I'm kind of. That's my point. Is going to be. I think if we beat beat Bristol City, it's just just about done, provided we yeah. do do the business in the in the three away games. or don't lose all three or something mental like that. Um, do Do you think that we're we're all we're all but secured, or are you are you part of the fan base which is a little a little bit more nervous about Huddersfield's form? I am no. Uh, I think Huddersfield are a very good side, but I don't see any teams breaking down either Brighton or Newcastle on the top two, I don't see. I I was a lot more nervous early in the season, to be honest. I'm, I'm not very much 
nervous now. I'm absolutely 100% sure we're, we're going to go up. Nice one. Love the confidence. Um, <laughs> and what 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 does it mean for for you as a as a, a fan based in Norway? Has it been a bit of a nightmare relegation in terms of your visibility of games, or do they cover championship games? No, it's been it's been the complete opposite. Because when Newcastle play in the Premier League, you've got uh, one match you can watch uh, at um, four o'clock. As it's in in England, I don't think you can watch any Premier League matches at, at uh, three o'clock. Not legally. Yeah. No, not legally. In Norway, you can you can watch one match legally. So it's always ninety percent of the times it's Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool, Manchester United. So uh, if Newcastle are in the Premier League, you'll be lucky to see them if they play on late kickoff on Saturday or Sunday. So I've been able to watch a lot more Newcastle games this season than I've done last season. And I'm sorry to say, but from that perspective, uh, I think a lot of Newcastle supporters would agree I'd much rather have the Championship with Rafa Benitez than the Premier League with Steve McLaren. (laughs) Yeah, it it, it shouldn't have to be that choice, but I know what you're saying. (laughs) But that, that's interesting. I, I think a lot of um, fans I've spoken to, particularly in the US, have missed the regular coverage they got because I think they, have a, they could watch any game pretty much. Um, but it's interesting to see that you've seen more of the team this season um, because of the number of televised games, I suppose. So that's that's cool. Why don't you tell us a bit about um, Magazine, which you're involved with in Norway? Yeah, so I'm the editor of Magazine, which is the only Newcastle United um, magazine in Norway. Uh, we've got four publications of year, and we're strictly for the members of Toon Army Norway, uh, which is, of course, always looking for more members. So if there are any Norwegian listeners, you should join Toon Army Norway. Um, so we, we usually try to cover most of the season, new players, um, players out on loan. We, we usually have someone, um, Newcastle based, at the matches who can give us match reports. And we try to have interviews, such as your, your interview with Magazine, which is just about uh, getting ready from the from the print as we speak. Cool. Yeah, yeah, and um, I suppose is it, is it what is it paper copy or is it online? Is there anywhere anyone, anyone can access it outside of Norway? Um, you can access it by by um, our webpage, which is uh, newunited.no. Have to be a member, I think. To yeah, yeah, have to be a member to log to log in to see, as well. Um, uh, can of course send you a link so you can see how your interview went, which yeah. was, was very very good. Um, but we um, we've got so many like um, people watching our content for free at the website. And we've got several thousand followers on, on Facebook, but not not nearly a lot, uh, the same amount of, uh, of members, which we need to to have a, a Norwegian supporters bench, which I, I think the club deserves. Fair enough. I mean, how, how many how many members would you like? Would you have currently? Uh, I think we've got currently. I think we've got around three hundred. Members. Oh wow, it's a lot. And, and then we got uh, about two thousand followers on Facebook. Right. Well, if you're listening in Norway and you've liked them on Facebook and haven't joined, get yourself sorted out um, and, and join. Um, cool. That, that just is about does it, Magnus. Um, I suppose I'll ask you for a quick prediction now for for Saturday's game against Bristol. He's out for a month, at least. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. Actually, Mitrovic 
had one of the best games I've seen. Even though he didn't score, he had one of the biggest, best games this season yesterday. So I think if he keeps that up and does act like an idiot and doesn't get himself yellow carded or red carded, well then. <laughs> well, you, you heard it here first. Midrow, do the business. Mag- <laughs> Magnus, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank and I'm, you, thank I'm- you so much. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have you all again in the future. Cheers. Thank you. So joined now by Simon Tovey, who's a Bristol City fan. Simon, thanks very much for joining us. Um, I suppose the first, the first kind of large question I need to ask you is, what's gone wrong this season after the positive start you had? Uh, it's really, really difficult to put um, put your finger on it. Really, we had a really, really good start. Um, I think even up to sort of December, we were sort of in the playoffs. Um, and it seems to have coincided a lot with Lee Johnson signing a new contract actually he signed a new contract uh, at about 2020 uh, till about 2020 and um, since then it just seems to have gone a bit pear shaped really Um, we've we've lost a record uh, eight games in a row we've been pegged back from winning positions on a number of occasions Uh, Reading game just last week against Derby uh, we threw it away and it's really difficult it just seems the players they don't seem to be able to um, sort of hold on to winning positions really it's a, it's really strange it's it's quite worrying really because we're in sort of 21st now and I'm not really sure where our next win's coming from we've got Fulham tomorrow yourselves on Saturday um, Villa next after that well, that's a big game that's a big game with Villa because you're the two teams that are in the worst form in the division uh, yeah. apart from Rotherham I think who are gone yeah. um, and it's just broken on social media I don't know whether Bristol City fans were aware of this anyway but that it looks like Abraham's going to be out for a number of weeks he's going to miss the game this this Saturday yeah he has he's, um, he's gone back to Chelsea I think for a bit of treatment he thinks he's going to miss the next sort of three, four, five games unfortunately which is uh, even more of a worry really because you know apart from him we're not really looking like we're scoring many goals I think he's got about 21 at last wow. time I heard that's crazy I mean yeah so we'll go back to the start of the season I was down at Bristol for the away game um, great city the first time I'd been I uh, really enjoyed it and you, you know I think that was the first game or one of the first games where you had the new stand opening um, and it just seemed to be a real buzz about the club I got that and I know you know, not wanting to big up Newcastle too much I know it was kind of Newcastle a big game but there was a big crowd there there was a really good atmosphere from the Bristol fans I thought um, and it just seemed to be a club on the up and you gave us a really good game as well actually I thought we were worthy winners in the end but it was second half Bristol put on a lot of pressure um, so yeah I suppose do you, do, you see, do you see that as a positive the fact that you ran us so close uh, last time or do you think that was so long ago and, and your form is so different yeah, that we're facing I, I a different think, team almost yeah I think obviously like you said before I mean you know the sort of season started with a bit of a wave of optimism really um as you mentioned before, there's been a bit of a buzz around Bristol City for a, a while now, really, because, you know, we have Steve Lansdowne um, as our owner. He's pumped a lot of money into the club, redeveloped Ashton Kate. Um, he sort of brought a lot of key facets of Bristol sport together, really. Actually, It's actually under the umbrella of Bristol sport. Um, in terms, like I say, in terms of answer to your question, really, I think, no, I wouldn't really put much of an emphasis on what happened earlier on in the season, because I think it's a very different club, very uh, different situation right now. Um, I think, to be fair, I'd, I like to see it as a bit of a free swing, really, on Saturday, to be honest. Um, if we can get some of the games Fulham tomorrow, uh, you know, I wouldn't be so bothered about the result, really, but we'll see, we'll see. Yeah. Are you bringing many up? Do you know how many tickets you've sold? Yeah, I think I was having a look at this, actually, earlier before you called. Um, as of yesterday, I think we only had maybe about 100 or so tickets left. I think we've I think we're bringing a bit of a following up, really. Um, I remember a few years ago, obviously, when you were in the championship last time, you had a quite a big following up, quite a drab nil-nil draw. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so what about Bristol as a club? You just mentioned there, the owner. Is is the ambition Premier League long-term, do you think? Do you think that's where Bristol yeah, need to be? it is. Yes, I think it is. I mean, that's the, that's the noise that's sort of coming out of the club, really, that it's a long-term project. Uh, sort of signing players with that in mind, really, sort of a... A player with a sort of young, um, young sort of profile. Um, yeah, I think I think sort of a 
a sort of three, four year plan really. I think Lee Johnson got like I say got a contract till twenty twenty. He's been given backing recently. Um so yeah, I mean that's the hope, but I think I think we're a bit of a long way off at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I mean obviously Bristol's got, got two football clubs and um, you know, you, you caused quite a bit of a stir, didn't you, over the transfer window? What signing, signing mm. a player from your rivals? How's how's he done so far? Has he made any any kind of impact? Yeah, he's got. I think he's got a couple of goals recently. Um, like you say, he did make a bit of an impact. I think a lot a lot of it to do with the, uh, a lot to do with it was the fee, really, as well. I mean, getting for three hundred thousand pounds was a bit of a steal, um, especially as he scored so many goals for them. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, obviously with Abraham injured, uh, I think with striking Bertha probably go to him unless we play our other signing Jurich up front I can't see us go to up front so hopefully um, yeah hopefully can make an impact yeah and I suppose it's the the one thing which sticks out from it as, a, as someone who's watching Bristol City you know as a, as a op- opposition fan you, you do tend to concede a lot of goals you're often involved in some quite high scoring games yeah. you know you look at even recently you had a 2-2 with Chef Wed who are a good side who won in St James this season you got a very creditable draw away at Derby, three-three. But then, if you if you go into the detail of those games, it, it could be seen as a negative because they're games you should have won. Looking at the stats, well, absolutely. I mean, I mean, if I mean, I read a funny statistic the other day. I mean, if I'm, I know it's all ifs and buts, but if we were to, if the game if games finished after seventy minutes, I think we'd be well comfortably fourth because <laughs> um, we're in you know we're in pretty strong positions. I, I, like it's, I, like we alluded to earlier, it's a bit it's a bit difficult to put your finger on it really. Um, we, we definitely have a lot of attacking ability. Um, you know, players like Cot- Cottrell's just come back um, from Birmingham. We played first when he was a youngster. Uh, you know, Lee Tomlin, of course. Uh, but it's just defensively look really, really shaky. Um, and it is a bit of a negative. Like you said, credits for draw. But when you're 3 0 up, yeah. it's, it really should be seen as a win, really. Absolutely. I, I remember watching the highlights, and I don't know if you had a penalty shot or you had a great chance yeah. to. to, to get the fourth goal and it's like you just uh, I worry for you a little bit just thinking it's, it's moments like that that could could see because I mean you're only two points above Wigan you've got the game in hand tonight which is yes. which is massive if you were to get a, a win there then breathing space but like you said if you if you were to lose that lose to us then Villa who were in free fall you would think the loser of that game yeah. could, could, could be in real trouble I, I I mean I think we are in serious trouble I mean there's no getting away from it um I do think at this stage of the season, I think momentum's a huge, huge thing, and we've got absolutely none. I mean, like I said, eight, eight losses in a row was within a sort of record. We're, we're one in 17 at the moment, one win from 17. Um, it's just it's absolutely terrible. Um, like I say, like if we could beat Fulham tomorrow, I'd, like I say, I'd like to see you, you guys as a bit of a free swing and sort of go for it a little bit, and if we lose, then maybe it's not such a big thing because I don't think we really expect to beat you really so yeah we'll see yeah I mean like uh, obviously you, you, you're local up here so you might I don't know how closely you follow Newcastle but mm-hmm. um, if you score the first goal against us you have a fantastic chance of winning the game uh, and if we score mm-hmm. the first goal you'll lose that's how Newcastle are at the moment the yeah, first goal is crucial yeah. and, and um, I was just going to say I noticed last night Aston Villa um they 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 got that last night. They went for it, you know, in the first twenty minutes. So I'm just wondering whether you, you think. Do you think Johnson has the balls to to think right? Let's go and have a massive go at them first ten fifteen, and if we we'll concede, we'll concede. Do you think he'll play it like that, or or does he well, need to try and play for a draw? Yeah, I mean, it's a like it's a very very difficult one. I think with Abraham being out now, I think that might change things a little bit. I mean, I think that was the idea behind the game against Derby. Um, I think he went for it. We you know we coasted up to sort of three nil. Um, and then obviously lost it from there. Uh, I think at the moment with Lee Johnson, I think it's his sort of best laid plan to go to waste, really. I do think he's been let down by some of the players. Um, I'd like to think we could have a go at you, definitely. Um, but like I say, once that sort of second half starts biting, I, I think it's. I don't really think his plans really matter much. I think some of the players, you know, their heads go down and they lose concentration or they invite players onto them. So. I think I agree with you. I think we're going to have to score the first goal to have any chance whatsoever. Yeah. So do you want to give us a quick prediction to finish off? Mm, prediction? Uh, my heart says we can get a draw. I think, um, 
I think we've definitely got enough enough time for a draw, maybe one one. My head says I think I think it's gonna probably be quite a comfortable Newcastle win, two one, three one maybe. Oh well, at least at least you're at least you're confident of seeing a goal. That's something. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm quite realistic at the moment. You know, I think um, it's all very well being positive, but when you, like I say, when you're one within seventeen, I think you need to touch a bit of realism to it. I think. Brilliant. Well, Simon, thanks so much for coming on. We hope you have a good day and enjoy the rest of the season. Lovely, my pleasure. Thanks very much. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.